I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, KSL News Time now, 5.30. KSL's top story this hour. Got a little bit more snow falling this morning, but a break is in sight. KSL News Radio's Adam Small is live with details. Adam? Amanda, we might finally have a chance to catch our breath today. The worst burst of snow for today, anyway, has passed through. Um, So aside from the later showers for the day, um, there is a little bit of a break for, for the rest of the day. National Weather Service meteorologist Nicole DeSmet says we're going to see snow start to taper off uh, a little bit later this morning. We won't see more until late tonight, into tomorrow morning. So it is a double-edged sword, of course, because we are getting more. She says that burst will bring about three inches additional to the Wasatch Front, five to seven inches on the benches overnight. But then we get more of a break Thursday heading into the weekend. So... Just a little bit more. We're almost there. Reporting live, Adam Small, KSL News Radio. UDOT says it's already gone over budget for snow plowing this winter. UDOT budgets $24.1 million for its annual snow removal budget. And so far, it has spent $25.8 million, and the winter is far from over. The agency spokesperson tells KSL TV they'll uh, move some money over from their maintenance budget to make up the difference. Eye on the Hill 2023. We are in the final week of the state's legislative session and several bills to require clergy report child abuse will not be heard. Senate leaders are now explaining why. KSL News Radio's Lindsay Ertz begins our legislative team coverage. Senate President Stuart Adams says everyone wants to stop abuse but believes mandatory reporting forces clergy to either violate freedom of religion or be punished. I don't think I want to put a clergy in a spot where they have to be excommunicated or thrown in jail. And those are the options, and I don't think that's right. Adams says he and Majority Leader Ann Milner met with broad-based religious groups, though didn't specify which ones. Milner argues reporting goes down when abusers can't go to clergy anonymously. Groups have accused the legislature of protecting perpetrators. If they really believe in repentance or believe in trying to make themselves better, they'll go to the authorities. And that's the ultimate goal is to get get it stopped and get to authorities. Lindsay Ertz, KSL News Radio. Landowners could be allowed to create their own special districts to finance projects. It's part of a proposed bill in the Utah legislature aimed at helping developers trim down costs. The Desert News reports supporters say the bill would help drive down the cost of housing for everyone, but opponents say the move would set up a political subdivision in the hands of someone who is not an elected official and give them the power to tax. The bill passed through committee and will head to the full Senate for a vote. Kate Davis, KSL News Radio. Three years. That's how long a new bill would require some nonviolent offenders to wait before they can own a gun again. Representative Phil Lyman is proposing the bill. I look at it very much as a civil liberties bill to give people back their gun mm-hmm. rights who really have shown no indication that they have a, you know, a violent past or a record. A House committee approved a substituted version of the bill, which specified that felons and those convicted of domestic violence or another violent offense would not be eligible to have gun access reinstated through the measure. 
Some people who use Medicaid for health care coverage will need to requalify as pandemic policies wind down. We get the details from KSL News Radio's Britt Johnson. With the onset of COVID 19, the federal government forbade states from removing people from Medicaid. This year, however, states can now check eligibility. Jennifer Strohecker, the state Medicaid director, says if you end up losing coverage, they can help you receive aid through other programs. Eligibility reviews begin next month. KSL's top national stories this hour. The Transportation Department issuing a deadline to the nation's railroads. Secretary Pete Buttigieg asking rail companies to join the Close Call Reporting System, a voluntary program that lets rails and their workers confidentially report unsafe events, hazards, and close calls that could lead to a derailment. So far, not one major rail company has done that. DOT wants answers from them by Friday. ABC's Andy Field reporting from Washington. Time again for First Look Traffic. We go over to Andy Farnsworth. Well, Tim, the snow seems to be coming down again and affecting drivers in Farmington, especially on Highway 89, but I-15 gets into the mix, too, uh, from about the Kaysville border all the way down uh, past Lagoon. You've got slick conditions on I-84. Going into Parley, semis are required for chains. Little Cottonwood Canyon closed this morning. Bigs open, but with chains, four-wheel drive restrictions as well. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. Provo police are explaining what happened when they were assisting a bail bondsman take down a suspect wanted for aggravated assault and a firearms violation. They ended up tackling a 16-year-old at a soccer game inside the Peaks Ice Arena, and it was the wrong person. I was just in shock. Someone got onto me, and I was like, what the heck's going on? Uriel Baizabel plays goalie and was on the field when officers attacked him. Can you imagine that? No. His dad tells KSL-TV the actual suspect came up and told officers, I I think I'm the person you're looking for. Can you imagine that? Mm. Both sides of that story are bizarre. A South Carolina jury is one step closer to deciding the fate of Alex Murdoch, the disgraced former attorney accused of killing his wife and son. Defense rests, Your Honor. The defense resting its case after calling two crime scene experts to testify about the possibility that there were two shooters. One expert claiming there would have been no time for a single shooter to kill Murdoch's son, Paul, then grab the second weapon and kill Maggie Murdoch because he says blowback from the first shotgun blast would have slowed him down. But prosecutors point out that expert never wrote up a report on his findings or sources. ABC's Andrew Dimbert reporting. Some delivery drivers are in big trouble, accused of doing some extra work on the side while delivering packages. Two UPS drivers and three other men have been arrested in Texas, accused of trafficking cocaine in UPS packages over seven months. The Justice Department says smugglers provided packaged drugs and false labels to the UPS employees. Law enforcement seized about 130 pounds of cocaine allegedly trafficked by the group. ABC's Chuck Sievertson reporting. What can Brown do for you? (laughs) Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.